0: Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Side by Side Dirt. It's your host, that's me, it's Sheldon. Well, first of all, I'd like to say sorry to everybody, I haven't had a podcast come out in the last couple weeks. Life, wife, family, you know how it goes. Busy, everybody's been busy, busy um, because of the KOH. Um, But you know how we start off, Side by Side Dirt, the podcast is always off with a recap. Well, everybody... Let's do a recap of episode 15, Down the Dirt Trail with Midwest ATV. Well, everybody, we had a fun episode with Chris. We did a lot of joking, a lot of laughing, a lot of torching, a lot of bugging, a lot of trying to make him a side-by-side enthusiast. But we also got to sit down with Chris and talk about what's the difference between ATVs and side-by-sides and why I think side-by-sides are more superior than ATVs. We both argued about it till we were almost blue in the face. We also sat down with him and talked about riding the trails, what makes him Midwest ATV. Plus we also sat down with him and talked about what it's like living in Canada and why the government keeps taking away our riding land. Well everybody, as you know I'm always super excited to do another episode of Side by Side Dirt. First of all, we are going to bring it to you. We're going to hammer it to you this time. And that's right. We're going to bring to you my co-host about King of the Hammers. Say, everybody, stay tuned. Episode 16, King of the Hammers 2019 KOH is about to start now. the dream up in the big white north it is cold as balls here and we are literally frozen like yoga pops i can tell you that right now (laughs) well everybody if you don't know who this guy is well this guy's been on the podcast through other companies and stuff like that but we are bringing jason on as a new co-host of side by side dirt so jason this week we're actually going to sit down and talk with you about the king of the hammers 2019 the koh
1: that's right man i just uh, was out there for the utv race and holy smokes that place is packed everybody. um but got a really cool story for you guys you know um you told the listeners a little bit about my experience and my background in suspension tuning so you know i could be kind of uh uh what you what you just call it man like one-sided right um as far as uh the quality of the ride but uh so here's the cool story um the family and i you know we've got an xp 900 and uh, i've got a family of three so you know the 900 is not quite cutting anymore just because we don't have the body space but uh you know we've been looking at different four-seaters and trying to figure out what's going to be the right fit for us Um, and when you go to king of the hammers the cool thing is you'll have yamaha polaris can-am out doing demo rides all in one big area so if you're ever out there um, you know that's kind of a neat thing to do to go and test these machines and see you know uh, what you like about them what you don't like about them and um, like I said I have my wife and uh, daughter with me out there and uh, so you know we're looking at the four-seaters right she's always kind of been excited about the can-ams and and like the styling of them but she hasn't really had any time in them So I said, look, why don't you go over and, uh, you know, give one of those things a spin, right? Um, I've done this myself the the prior year, so I know kind of what the loop is that they take the customers on. It's a pretty fun loop, but uh, the really cool experience about this is when she came back in, man, from the ride, she was so sold, Sheldon, on the Can-Am. It was ridiculous, like the grin on her face. Dude, she just like take my money, right? I mean, it was it was that good. She goes, "This is car is amazing. I cannot believe the handling." She says she felt so comfortable in this car. Um, so it was really cool to hear, you know, someone else's opinion. You know, I'm always uh, a person when it comes to car setup. So uh, it was pretty cool to hear. And I'm like, well, cool. Right on. Let's uh, let's jump over to Razor. You know, they're the next booth over. Let's go over and get you in one of those. And uh, they had the new Turbo S. Uh, cars out there, both the Velocity and the Fox series. So I go, go over there and let's, let's give those a shot and see what you think. Because honestly, we were looking at that four seater. They came out with the, the new one. Um, so we, she did, she went over there and signed up and you know, it's about a 45 minute wait, you know, just to get, get in line. But, uh, needless to say, man, she got in the, uh, the four seat, um, turbo S and so of course I'm all excited, right? Like to hear her response. And uh, and the funny thing is, so she comes back from the ride, and the ride probably takes them a good oh, I want to say 15 to 20 minutes, you know. So they come back in, and she's like, the look on her face, man, she's like, get me out of this thing. (laughs) And I was totally shocked, man. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, this car scared me so bad the way this thing handles um she's like i think i almost crashed it like three times and halfway through the ride she said i was ready to turn around and come back
0: yeah but and that's the thing about it, it why would she because you're basically what you're trying to say and and people don't realize is that side by side dirt is 100 percent raw it's just, it is. And nobody, we're not brand loyal to anybody. We're telling you what our personal experiences are or what people want to say, but maybe too scared to say. And Polaris is not paying us. Nobody's paying us to say, hey, yes, this, and that. And you want to know what? I had the same experience in my XP 1000 when they came out in 2014. I was I was speechless. I was like, the first thing I did was look for suspension because it really... Was so weird to me. Um, now, after knowing you for so many years, you, you like that wild trophy truck feeling, and, and honestly, it scared the living crap out of me completely. I was just like, "This thing feels like it's gonna." As soon as I stomp on the brakes, it's gonna roll over on its end. But <laughs> in Canada, we're not we're not used to that trophy truck feeling. So I can definitely really understand how she feels. It's just like you just don't feel comfortable now. What you're talking about with your wife, about how she felt about the the player's Turbo S? Um, do you think it was the difference between maybe the Can Am felt better? Was it suspension, or was it just because you kind of laid back in it and you're kind of lower in the seat? You know, kind of. What do you think that? I think what, the
1: combination stems to. I mean I, i've been in the, I've been in both myself and. In the Can Am X3s, you know, you do sit low down, and it it feels like you sit down in a car in a cockpit. So it gives you kind of a a unique feel, you know, um, a lower a lower center of gravity. Um, yeah, it's kind of a neat thing. But you know what? They've done such a good job on the suspension of those cars. Like right out of the box, the handling character characteristic of that car is is really nice. It's impressive. I mean, it's not, not to say there's some, a little bit, little room for improvement, but man, I'll tell you, it's, she's about 80 to 90% of the way there. You know, it's, it's unbelievable what that car, the handling and, you know, it really makes the consumer feel, feel comfortable. And that's the, and that's the coolest thing about this, man. It's not that, you know, it was me getting in criticizing, you know, each car. I mean, of course I can do that, but it was her like, a true consumer experience you know i mean she had, she doesn't care what you know which car it is you know she just liked the way the the uh, the can ams looked and you know and but if the if the razor would have been you know a little bit different i mean it was just really cool for me to see a real actual true consumer experience but i, I think it leads leads to uh, the suspension design on the can am and the way they they put their uh, consumers in the cockpit it's it's a different experience you know
0: well, and I totally agree with you on that aspect. And, and that's the thing about it is, how do you try to tell somebody? Because people always come up to me all the time and ask me, oh, which side by side would you get in this and that? It's one of those things. They all have their good qualities and they all have their bad qualities. You know, um, I felt like that to me when I rode in the Can-Am X3, I fell in love with it. it. It felt cool. It just rode cool. The only drawback that I didn't like about it was I found that seeing over the hood was a lot harder. Yes. But I know on the on the razor stuff and I've pretty much drove every single razor out there. Um I found that their seating position was great for looking out for if you're doing like slow crawling stuff, but I always feel to this day I always feel a little wonky and a little wobbly in a razor. I it's just that sitting up feeling it just it just feels weird now yeah, but
1: you know what man the, the can-am just to just to jump back a second the can-am you know there's guys out there that have these new you know new fa- fabricated brackets for the seating and i've been in a few of those x3s where the seating's corrected you're not leaned back so far because i know what you mean if it's if it's an aftermarket seat on top of the way it's currently you know oem position i mean you really can kind of lean back but i've seen some that have been corrected and and the car it really changes the car, but you know, um, yeah I know what you mean, man. It's a totally different seating experience. I'm a little bummed to be honest that Textron wasn't out there because I was kind of dying to getting one of those things. But uh, you know, we were missing Textron out there, and also I would have liked to have seen Honda with the new town loud at Koh. But uh,
0: but uh, yeah, man.
1: So you were you were a little freaked out when you first drove a Razor, huh?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I, when I when I drove a when I drove a Razor, um, I've never I've lo- I love side by sides through and through, but I've never liked that feeling. Even when like I have a race Rhino and I have a regular Rhino that's all you know done up, and I go to my race one where it's kind of like that can am feeling where it's laid down. You know your feet are sticking out further. It kind of feels like you're racy. But I felt I feel the same way when I drive my Rhino versus my XP. Yes, I know the XP's got more suspension, more faster and blah, but the seating position I feel is a little bit of the same. And, you know, I would love for Polaris to, you know, because going back to the KOH, yes, Can Am sponsored all that stuff, but guess who came on top? It was Polaris. Yes. I think, like, the top eight were all Polaris's, and I think the rest were all, kind of let like the Can Am started trickling a little bit after that, but. Top finishes were all players. Yeah. The Turbo S's. Some guys would run the Turbo S's, the wider ones. Some guys were going to 64. But look at all the big names that you see out there racing side by side, especially this year in the KOH. It was unbelievable to see. Oh, yeah. They the had big about names. 100,
1: I think they had about 114 entries.
0: Yeah. Like, like you know, Ultra 4 guy, like freaking, um, what was his name? Bryce Menzi, yeah. He was there, in this, you know, and then you had Bryce Menzies, and then you had, then you had Shannon Campbell. You had his family running it, like, yeah, that's right. It was unbelievable, and I, I'm disappointed in Text Run because <clears throat> I, I seen it firsthand, and I never got to watch. I never watched live like you did, but I watched it live on YouTube, and I seen it. I think it was coming out of the. I think it was Chocolate Thunder or something like along that lines. They were coming out, and I think it was Robbie Gordon at the time, and they had to stop and then they had to get their stickers or whatever, and then they had to go up this big hill. You could tell the difference right then and there. The Textron seemed to go through Chocolate Thunder really well, like the way that he was driving it was without no. having radius rods in the back. It seemed to be not getting hung up as much as, as the Razors and the Can-Ams, but when they went, out, when they went up that big hill, I tell you right now, <laughs> you that, saw the.
1: You saw. It, that wait a don't say it. Don't say it. You right saw the
0: the ball, say got so bad it was like they were almost rubbing each other's butts, and and he literally had to pass him because because yeah. that Textron just didn't have the jam. And I always felt like the Textron. I, I I do like the Textron. I, I honestly, I've never test drove one yet. Um, Such a good looking car, man. They are. They're. They're absolutely sexy car. I call it, and I was really disappointed to see that because Textron had all their eggs in a basket. I feel, but then they slopped out in the turbo game. Can Am started it. Polaris is the second, and Textron could have been the third. But that's insane. Is you're up to 100 and what are they up to 172 horsepower now? And what's text run at 115 or 20 or something? I don't know, something along that lines. How can you even compare apples to apples?
1: Yeah, but you know what? I mean, this this is kind of bounces back to the beginning of the story. It's about um, the consumer experience, the ride quality. I mean, look, all these things go fast enough, you know what I mean, t- to take somebody out if they made a wrong move in a car. I mean, they're, they're capable of, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour um this this double x is horsepower at 130 the new ones are 130 horsepower so you're right i mean there's definitely i mean when it comes to competing right there's i saw that same clip that you were talking about you know where the the texture was going up the hill man and the the turbo S literally just like he was standing still but it was but like thing-
0: had to get out there and push
1: <laughs> yeah, <you're> right <laughs> but the thing i'm trying to say is um look it's it's on a consumer level that we got to you know we got to constantly come back to so my so after you know she came back and drove the thing I'm like geez man I I better go drive this uh, four seat turbo s for myself you know and really you know get my own two cents on it and so I did I went back and signed up myself and um you know talked to uh some people there from Polaris and um had a little bit of conversation prior to getting in the car and you know the thing i noticed about it is i mean let's let's face it they got mondo power man that turbo s the way it puts down the power it's it's all there but the thing that i i can explain to you what would happen is um when the car would come into like a a a medium section of whoops right Uh, at a consistent forward speed not romping on the pedal or anything like that i was already at like 50 miles an hour entering into a, a whoop section that was mild the car was very violent like in the mid-stroke i mean it just wasn't you know let's face it they they claim i think up to 25 inches of travel out of this car you shouldn't feel anything at that point in my eyes and and i know the can-am experiences that it almost it almost eliminates any of those bumps so after i took the car for a ride um you know i noticed it man i mean and my my battle is this can any you know there's look there's a lot of suspension guys out in the field as you and i both know that could correct this but Again, it comes back to that consumer that got in the car that's thinking about buying one, and goes from one ride to the next. I just think that they need to um, change the game a little bit and maybe focus in those areas. You know, I mean, the, I know talking with one of the engineers out there, he goes, "Yeah, but that's why there's you know guys like you out there and and other tuners to get them dialed in." I'm like, "But yeah, man, but you're not getting it." the whole thing is a new consumer experience and my wife right now the bottom line is if she was ready to write the check it'd be a can-am
0: yep that's just well, it i agree with you so she got she let's clarify this for our listeners so we don't get our peepees whacked
1: here
0: or <laughs> did she try the new velocity
1: it was the new it was the new velocity series because um Um, the other one that the Fox, uh, dynamic system, um, I like the way that the actual function of the adjuster in the cab, I mean, it does work. You do feel a difference. There's a few things that I'd change as far as the ride quality goes. And I know a lot of the consumers, uh, I've heard the same exact feedback, you know, um, The only reason that i didn't didn't want her honestly sheldon to get in the fox editions because in inside those things you know there are some some plastic pieces that tend tend to fail and i've seen them fail myself uh getting into these things that i just in in my eyes again i i know a little too much when it comes to this stuff you know so uh it's it's something i would go i would go with the velocity one if it was me picking the car out you know um and
0: that's just that's just it well, and that's the thing about it, right? And <clears throat> it's unfortunate that that I don't know how do you say this. Polaris has always been on big. I feel always trying to be the big, the big king of of the UTV industry and the side by side industry, and w- which they are their their sales are huge. But I do feel like what they're doing in a lot of ways by buying aftermarket companies and doing this and doing that, I I think is, is, is really, is, is, it's cool, but they're missing a lot of the aspect is they're not going to the average consumer um, that's buying these units. And we've talked about this on previous podcasts, about how I don't feel that they're, they're looking to racers and big names to push their products. Um, But it's, it's us little consumers, you know that buy them. I know That's that right. we we have three side by sides, which are razors. We have a razor nine hundred. We have two one thousands. Um, you know, and uh, they're all bought and paid by our own paycheck. They're not given to us. They're nothing. Um, the only reason why I drive a players and I support players is because of the man behind the the players dealership that I buy from. He's the only guy that I, I trust through dealerships. And it's unfortunate because we don't have no text on dealership here, and the, and the ams we feel up here are are they're great machines, but they're way out of price. And when you're when you're a consumer and you're trying to buy something, it you have to go with players because it's the only reasonable thing out there for price wise. And I felt I feel Can-Am is great in what they do. And yes, it's they're born in Canada and blah blah blah, but they don't support the Canadians very well. Um, But the price is is ridiculous. And it's becoming to an average consumer, you you can't afford them. It's it's getting to be as much as a freaking truck payment. And that was not the whole thing, I think, of especially the side-by-side industry. It was for you to take your family out there and explore the the world. Yeah, explore the trails and see new places, right? That's right. And I've rode in a 50-inch Razor 800, and I can tell you right now, anything is better than that. (laughs) <laughs> i know when that razor s came out was it the razor s that yeah. came out that was like the epiphany of like holy this is what these things are these things can do and but by, by then i already had a, a, a rhino that was already that same width right And I was like what a difference you know yeah spend big money to do it and you know it, it's just one of those things I, I totally agree with you. And, and you're right. Your wife would have stroked the check right then and there for can 100%, man. And when you were talking to those engineers, they, they, they probably have lots of people's comments like what you just did. And they don't really know what to do about it. But I'm telling Polaris is that they need to reach out to consumers. Average people that use them. Farmers, ranchers, um, trail riders, weekend warriors those are the people that, that buy your product we, we, we're not buying your product because RG Anderson's running one or or uh, Bryce Menzies running one or Shannon Campbell's running I mean, I personally buy the unit because of the, the, the dealership behind you and I it, I would love to sit and buy a can Mx3 or a textron but there's just no dealer support here for us. So, unfortunately, we're stuck with Polaris that way. But if my buddy had another dealership like Running, I would 100% switch. And I, I know because I have, have three razors. I've had four razors in my entire life in the last five, six years. I've had five, well, yeah, four razors. And I the only reason why I like Razor is because the aftermarket industry is huge. And that's just end pit. Yeah. it's not the look and stuff and don't get me wrong i i love a razor when it's all decked out or it's all raced out they, they look so cool but you're missing the point as an average consumer 90 percent of those average consumers will never deck them out like what me or racers or anything else enthusiasts do so it's a small percentage so and you're—I I was disappointed that you didn't get the test drive a New Textron. why? Why was Textron not out there?
1: You know, I don't know, man. I mean, it's something that I was—I was looking forward to them like hundred percent because they've kind of been in the game what for a, a good uh, year or two now with the new car, and yeah. so I was—I was really expecting to see them. Um, you know, there's there's tons of consumers there. Um, it's a great opportunity to do that. I was honestly thinking I was—I was kind of hoping for Honda, but I know the Honda is so new that. It doesn't surprise, I wouldn't 100% surprise me, but uh, for Textron not to be there and, you know, give the the consumers a, a chance, I mean, when you got all the other big boys there, it's really, it's a game changer, man. I mean, face it, dude, you know, you 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 can go out there and as long as you have your driver's license, you can sign up and go on a, a, a pretty epic trail. And I'll tell you right now, man, the guys at Polaris, they didn't take us on no kiddie ride, man. I mean, I didn't do the Can-Am. I've been in Can-Am's ride before. It was great as well. But I can tell you, in the Polaris, we literally hit the desert, man, and did this giant loop, and it was at—we were all running at least 65 to 70 miles an hour the whole way around the route, loop. I mean, they—they they allowed you to really get in the car and see what it would do. I mean, it was—it was, it was uh, no joke. It was no kiddie ride. So, um, you know, it's a neat experience. But again, my my whole point to this thing is is not to be beating on anybody, but just to say to the guys, look, man the consumers we need to make sure these guys have great feedback and an awesome experience when they come out there you know my my thing is to not sit there and criticize somebody to where you like tell them you know man your product's horrible it's it's i i want to criticize them in a way to where they open their eyes and make things better for the consumer because bottom line is man uh, like we just said my wife would have wrote the check for the can and i was really rooting for the polaris myself and, and of course i'm the guy that it's not a big deal i can go home and make it whatever i want but but the whole thing is is uh, is again the consumer experience and i think they need to focus on that stuff a little bit because let the you know let the racers i mean they all have their own shocks tuned and everything else let's face it there's not one of them out there that runs a thing bone stock you know they have a spring kit or something else on there so i would say to those guys if anyone was listening you know focus on the consumer and maybe they're not getting that feedback maybe they maybe people's eyes are so wide open because how fast the car is and everything else it does they're you know, I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, man, if it was me, I'd be making that thing as, as as nice as possible for the consumer experience to be outdogging the rest of these guys, you know?
0: Well, I agree with you. And then that, that's the thing, but people are going to argue with you because guess who came on top was Polaris and the, and the KOH. So, but it, does that boil down to machine or does that boil down to driver? Oh, it, man, it, they got some of the
1: best drivers out there. You and I both know that.
0: I can tell you right now when I was watching it uh, live on YouTube, I seen an X3 come in, and they were showing it, and you could see where the exhaust was and the plastic box. You could see it melting and the the, the drip of plastic coming out, and you could tell these guys didn't know what to do, and they were kind of like shocked, right? And they were like, "And but you could see it as a consumer." I was like, "That's the reason why I don't run plastic boxes, is because of that reason." Yeah. Uh, I think a plastic box to me is is the stupidest idea I've ever seen. I know it's great for hauling and cargoing and stuff, but ninety percent of the fires are always started by plastic crap. And that's why you see race vehicles with fiberglass on them because it doesn't catch fire. Where, you know, and that's what I'm saying is just me and you could talk to the till we're pink in the face and blue in the face and everything else to go with it and whip her whip her hundred dollar bills out and, and bit it up and down, but in result, you're right. It it comes down to the consumer, and, it, and you're right. Your wife is non biased to any brand or any loyal to anybody, and she hands down did not like
1: the players. Yeah, man, she's just. I was shocked, man. I was to see the difference in the. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, to see the difference in her face from like getting out of the can am and just going like, oh my god, that was the greatest thing ever. You know, yeah. and uh, and and she did not want to hand the keys back over to the the razor. Was literally like, you know, halfway through the first loop, she was ready to. She was so scared to drive the thing to try to keep up with the group. She was ready to turn around. She's like, it's just not worth it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it in this thing. So, I mean, that's that says a lot, man. That's not again. That's not somebody that's um that's a full hundred percent consumer feedback right there. So that's like, wow, that's a big eye opener for me, you know.
0: Oh, I agree with you, and, and it's sad to see that, but it, it happens all the time. Yep, but but the thing that we will see, look the
1: the thing is, man, for these guys to come out and spend, you know, Koh this this time was was almost a full two weeks long, and for them to come out with semis and and I think they each had about twenty units on standby for consumers to come and rip. I mean, on a on a on a everyday basis, I mean, geez, they all did a great job. You know, Yamaha was there with the new, uh, YXZ, um, can had all their units out there. Polaris was pushing the Turbo S. So, I mean, let's face it. It's pretty cool for them to come out and, and let
0: us do that. You know, that's right. That's what it's basically boiling down to is yeah. just, Polaris is number one is because every event they're pretty much there. There's, you know, and that's the thing about it. And I wish that Textron would really get their stuff together and, uh, and i heard that now that textron's looking at starting the arctic cat line again and all that and it's just like just I know, stay with- what's
1: going on with that you know i i heard some news about the cats back you know and seeing all this new advertising and i mean it's funny enough i I've, i'm looking at the car now and it, sure enough it's wildcat double x and uh, um you and i spoke about this a little bit you know that um Jeez, I love the textron name I think it's a great name you know everything that I knew about a wildcat uh, when I kind of entered into the market let's, let's face it it wasn't it wasn't any good news you know what I'm saying I, I couldn't tell you how many rear wheels fell off those things
0: so oh well, that's what I'm seeing and I can tell you anybody that I know that's had a cat um especially the the wildcat X or whatever they didn't like them I know it's the guy that's got a trail version 700. He loves it. He's had no issues with it. But I know those thousands, those Wildcat Double X's or whatever, they were they were they were terrible. They were always breaking down and breaking stuff. They were just a terrible yeah. So design. Why, so
1: why do you think now the change, man? I mean, would you let's let's ask Sheldon here, guys? Would you go back? What would you do? Would you stick with Textron or would you go back to Wildcat Double X and tell us tell us uh, why you think they're doing it?
0: I would never personally go back to the Cat name. I uh I don't think Cat has ever had a good name especially in the UTV industry. Um neither in the ATV industry. They've had a better name in the snowmobile industry for sure. I think it's the number one snowmobile. Yes. But it's not a snowmobile show. But uh, I feel like I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. I really do. I think the Textron has a good name. Um, I think what they're doing is great with Robbie Gordon and stuff, but uh, I feel that these guys, these racers are milking these programs pretty good, but, um, I I think that I would personally, if I would have a hard time going back to Arctic cat for sure. And they would make me double think about going back to cat because the images that come up to me with the cat and the braking and the everything shredding out and stuff, it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. 100%, and I've been 100%.
1: yeah
0: I don't think I could. I thought with the Textron name, it's it's new, it's coming out. Um it's just something new. And then they're not gonna do the same kind of crap that they've been doing. And I thought maybe it was a new start for them. But for them to run back, no, I wouldn't support cat. I won't. I'll support Textron. I would buy a, a Textron in 30 seconds so so uh, what you're
1: so what you're saying is as soon as you get a textron you're taking double you're taking wildcat off the side of the door immediately
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: <laughs> well yeah
0: and then um so already
1: Artica- sticker back on it huh
0: well yeah and textron right now is combining with uh tracker boats they're actually it's called tracker off-road right okay so, if you go to like the Bass Pro Shops, you see all the Articap product. Well, I guess now they're starting, it's rumored, well, I guess it's official, that Tracker Off-Roading, off-roading is starting and they're using all Textron products, but renamed with with Tracker Off-Road. And it wow. just doesn't make it Like, it won't be like the double X's that you, you know, the race stuff that you see and stuff like that. It'll be like they're sport utility not it it won't be the sport utility it'd be their work utility stuff but it's just one of those partnerships it's the same thing why i was upset with yamaha when they brought out the yz they partnershiped up with with cat and then designing and then use the yamaha motor but the yz is ugly i don't care what anybody says it is its <laughs> I've seen a lot of them gone up. I don't and... know, man.
1: Wait, 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 wait. So, but you know what? Let's just okay. So, I I know you're not a fan of that, but let me just ask you this before you go too far down the road. What do you think of the Wellers uh, YXZ that they ran at KOH? Do you still think that one was ugly? Because I saw the what the Wellers are doing out there with the uh, the YXZ, man. I, I'll tell you, that's definitely turned my eyes. I think they're they're building one of the best looking YXZs out there.
0: Yeah, but it also, Wellers. You're, you're going back to the SR1 days, which was a Yamaha motor out of a street bike, and it was Yamaha plastic, but it wasn't Yamaha really behind it. You know, you're going back to, you're, the Wellers have been part of that industry for a lot of years. Like, that's just the way it is. I Honestly, I've only ever seen one YXZ that I liked, and I can tell you right now, it didn't have a YZ body on it. It actually had a glass craft body on it, and it looked. Good. It oh, looked. Good. So, and there, I, so there, you have, so there you
1: have it, folks. I, I know we've had, had
0: Cage on here before talking about his, and I do like cages, but um, Jesse Cage's unit, but I. Is sick. But I'm just saying, is is it needs a fiberglass body? I don't care what anybody says.
1: <laughs> All right, so I think the bottom line is we're definitely not switching Sheldon, folks. on the-
0: Absolutely <laughs> not. It would, I would rather buy a cat product before I would buy the Yamaha YZ.
1: Damn, that double X is so good looking, man.
0: But I can tell you right now, I love my Rhino. I love the way it looks. I love the racing feeling. I just, I, I love my Rhino. And I think maybe that's the biggest... Sh- I don't know. Maybe I shot myself in the foot with the Rhino and I, I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed when they come out the YZ. I thought it was just a, another wildcat with a Yamaha motor in it. And it just didn't really turn my crank at all. I was not really impressed with it at all. I still not. So I got, I I got
1: one for you. You know, I, I can't help it, man, but I'm still thinking of that Turbo S. Um, if there's somebody that's, that has one of those things, I wonder if we should do some kind of a, um, you know, let somebody reach out to us on side-by-side dirt. And If someone local in my area has got one of those Turbo S Velocity cars, uh, it might be kind of cool to, to hook up with them and see what we can do um, as far as a ride control system on there and make something kind of smooth. What do, you, what do you think, man? I mean, I, I that thing's bug, It's driving me crazy that it, it rode the way it did. I'll be honest.
0: Well, and uh, I, I agree with you. I, I I, definitely, I think it would be kind of cool to get somebody else, somebody out there for sure on, um, on that. I really do. But I think that you're misunderstanding this. Now, if I'm right, I thought it was just the Polaris Velocity not the turbo s it's got the same features as the turbo s as powertrain wise but not with look wise now if you're going to speak about this to thousands of people we need to figure out if i'm right or you're right well
1: the turbo s the turbo so here's the deal right on the turbo s there's two there's two models now you can get the uh the dynamic turbo s or you can get the velocity. Now the cars look identical. There's really nothing different in appearance. The difference is the velocity is a little bit more stripped down inside. I mean, it's pretty much bare bones, basics in in the, in the cab, in the interior that I can tell you for sure. The shock package is obviously different as far as the long travel suspension from one unit to the next, they're the same. So on the Fox dynamic system, you got the internal uh, ride control with the three switches, you know, for in cap control on the on the velocity it's just your standard type of uh coil over dampener with no electronic control which i kind of prefer myself but other than that man they're the the same car i mean they actually like i said they had a bolt out there so
0: yeah because the turbo s the one that we're talking about has a painted front end that means that you've got the ride you got the ride command and also all that other fancy suspension and all that. That's the difference, I guess, between the Turbo S is it doesn't have that and not the painted plastic, which yeah. I wish then, I wish I would have ordered my, now I wish I would have got the Velocity front end because I actually bought the new front end for my razor to convert it. And I got to paint it all black, but I guess I should have bought this one instead now. jeez, It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I wanted. I just wanted an updated front end on my 14, but hey, what do you do? But that's, I totally agree with you, Jason. So, Jason, let's quit shredding on players and can and Tech. We all know it. They're not going to listen to us and they don't really care about us. But, um, let's... But, if they, but if they
1: want, but Sheldon, if they want to, they can surely reach out and,
0: uh... Absolutely. You know? I'm telling you, right you now I'm a diehard fan of players. I have had players snowmobiles. I've I've had players quads. I've had players side by sides. Like I'm a huge fan of players. But read right down inside there's there's other brands that's making me think about switching. It's just the way it is. That's true. And and, and, and it's the truth. It's just it's the truth. Um I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but uh, we used to classify Bombardier, but was Can-Am, right? Not a company that bought out, but the old one. In Canada, we used to call them what we called taxpayer-funded. So us taxpayers lend Bombardier money all the time. So it left a lot of bad taste in a lot of Canadians' mouth because their debt was never paid back to the taxpayers of Canada, ever. So I think that's why I've never been a a Can-Am freak because I've always been branded into my head that as a taxpayer, we fund that program and they should give us Can-Ams all the time. But I'm probably going to get my pee-pee whacked on this. (laughs) But but growing up, that's what I was always always known was that Bombardier was a company that was funded by the taxpayers of Canada and they never paid back their loans. But with a new company... um, I think it's called PRP, right? Um, taking over. I think that's great, and I think guys like Justin, uh, Dustin Jones, that are that ran this year. I think he came in like what tenth or something this year in the KOH. Yeah, something like that. You know, maybe Can-Am could have been maybe on top with different different drivers, and Dustin Jones is a really good driver. You
1: know what, and, man? Maybe they don't even care. Maybe their car works so good for the consumers that they're like, Shh, we don't even care if we win, man. We know we got the top. You think, <laughs> you think that's
0: it? I, maybe I think that you're right. I honestly was just about to hit that hammer on the head there and go realize that I think I think you're right. I do think you're right, Jason, on that one, for sure. Um, I hate dissing companies, but I we also started this podcast because – We didn't want to lie to people. And even if players was was paying us and giving us new machines and blah, 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 or whatever, I still
1: would tell the consumer Let me stop you. If they did give us a car, a Turbo S, I would fix it, and I would tell everybody on the podcast how to fix it.
0: I would have totally agreed with you. (laughs) And that's the problem with this industry is people out there were not true to what we used to be. I know when the Yamaha Rhino came out, there was people knocking it, there was people building it, there were people doing this and changing the industry. But we all stuck together. Yamaha didn't care about what we were modifying and what we were doing. They never supported us either. True. But they, they never did. They never supported. Nobody has supported, I don't think, as much as um, players, especially the Razor. I don't think anybody has supported as a manufacturer like players has. Um, but I feel that players is jamming it down our throat in a lot of ways. Um, but like I said, it, it's one of those things. There's, that's what I'm saying. If somebody, I, I don't want to lie to people. I'm just, it's. I like to sleep at night and, um, I've always prided myself on trying to sleep at night and I don't want to lie to people. People come and ask me all the time. I'm like, Sometimes the Polaris is better because they can't afford to go to the can MX3 or the Textron. I think a Textron up here, double X, I think, is starting out at 25. And I think a Can MX3 starts out of here like 32. Jeez, and I remember man. when I was looking at the 72 inch model, I was looking at like 37000 dollars Well, a turbo S up here, four-seater, is thirty-seven thousand dollars. A turbo S up here starts out at thirty-two, thirty-three thousand dollars. Wow. And nobody can give you a break on it. At all, so you look at the—is it the velocity? We, I think, those start out here about maybe twenty-nine or thirty. I can't remember. I, you can't even. even my buddy that owns a dealership. I can't even get him to give me a price on it because he doesn't even know. Like it took him <laughs> seven months to get an RS one for along. Right. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things, right? right. You know, I'm
1: going to jump us back real quick a couple notches. I just want to say, guys, if you haven't gone out to KOH, you got to get out there for the side-by-side event. I mean, it's unreal, man. People go out a week prior to, you know, they do a lot of R&D and tuning on their cars, um, clutch testing, suspension testing. And and when you're out at KOH, if you go ahead of time, you can actually go, you know, and and see these guys get their cars dialed in, which is really cool, man, because um, as much as everybody kind of wants to be the fly on the wall and see what, you know, Mitch Gunther or, you know, uh, Dustin Jones or whoever writes out there. I mean, you, you could go up to their camp or hang out and just watch them, you know, what they're working on in the cars. I mean, it's a really cool experience and I think it's very unique. Um, so I just want to say, you know, to the listeners out there, if you guys haven't or you, maybe you've been thinking about going to KOH, definitely, uh, definitely
0: do it. You know what I would say to the average consumer? Let's do a shootout. We see all these people that do shootouts, but we never see an average consumer do the shootouts. We should do a shootout. We should have every side-by-side out there, one place at one time, and everybody just let her hang out and let's see who's the king of the hill. There you go. And no, and what I call no bullshit. Nobody lying to anybody. That'll give the consumers a good avenue. That would give Polaris a good avenue. That would give Can-Am, Textron, Honda. Like I said, you're a big fan of the Honda. I love Honda. <laughs> you crack me up. Man. I like but,
1: the Honda. I think they're going to do a good I know thing. you
0: like the Honda, but I'm not, I'm not solely sold on it. Like, I'm just, I'm not. I don't know. And when it comes to the horsepower game, it's all about horsepower now it's not not about anything else
1: okay but listen don't go listen here's what i'll do next year for you i mean next year I will make it a point whether i got to take off of work or whatever i got to do and i'm going to put my wife in every demo car out there and i will get a video response as soon as she gets out and that's that's the best i can do for you on a consumer level it wouldn't be to put me in it but uh I'll put her in a YXZ, I'll put her back in a Can-Am, and I'll put her back in a Razor, and, uh, you know, we'll see, man. I mean, that's that's real-world stuff, you know? But, yeah, it would be cool. It would be kind of cool, you know? Somebody, you know, magazine guys or some of these other guys, you know, it's it's tough because they're in them all the time, you know? Then, um, But uh, yeah, uh, uh, kind of like you just, what would you call it? A real-world uh, consumer try, right? Like someone for the first time, right?
0: Well, I'm- Magazine companies and all that you see, all these blog things, they make their money off of sponsorship. Where side-by-side dirt is not sponsored by anybody but us. It's just the way it is. And nobody pays us to say anything. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell the truth. If your product sucks, your product sucks. If your model sucks, your model sucks. It's just the way it is. And I'm not going to lie about it because... I felt that this industry has been built around lies and it's hard as a consumer because I know what it's like being on the other end of a lot because I bought parts that failed and they failed miserably. Um, and I've had customers that have bought parts from me and has failed miserably. and. As a consumer, me starting in it, I had to spend my own money, not hundreds, thousands of dollars to test people's products out to see which worked and what didn't work. Nobody said to me, hey, because everybody thinks that their product is better than everybody's, and it doesn't matter price point or cheap point or whatever. No, you just want to buy I, it one time and you're done. I, I would love to have somebody say, you know what? Assault radius rods are better than Holtz Racing. Well, how do you compare that? They got a high clearance one and Holtz got a racing one. Like, it's one of those things. And I've seen a lot of brands fail on the racetracks, off the racetracks, on the trails, just regular consumers. I've seen axles, Chinese axles blow up. I've seen really expensive axles blow up. But nobody gets down and tells people actually what the truth is. And that's the reason why we started this because we didn't and we're literally putting our relationship with people that we've been with for years on this. And that's why we don't associate our companies or anything with this podcast is because it's just me and you doing this on our own, on our own time and our own dime. And, and that's the thing about it because I can tell you right now, your company would probably help support this podcast and my company would actually help support that podcast. But that's not why we started Side by Side Dirt. Because it it's, it's raw. It's just us getting ourselves into trouble. <laughs> then right? That's just it.
1: But so yeah, Jason, let's do, let's do that. Let's, I mean, let's, 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 if something doesn't change by you know KOH next year, I'll tell you guys, we'll do another KOH edition and I will... I will actually have video next year. I was kind of bummed I didn't get any video, but uh, I will make a promise to do video content on each you know uh, car next year if there's not a different situation. But yeah, that that would be kind of cool, man.
0: Let's let's do that. Yep. Um, Jason, so this was supposed to be about the Koh. This was not supposed to be a dig towards any companies. So let's talk a little bit about the Koh that you experienced this year. Cause how long have you been going to the KOH?
1: Oh man, KOH. I think I've been there for I don't know. I think I well, I probably missed a year in, in between, but I think maybe like five years, maybe I I, I stuff. But uh, and if anybody
0: I got, I Jason is Jason's kind of a dinosaur, so he's been to a lot of events
1: every <laughs> time, every time it comes through, I've got to go. Man, it's um, it's two and a half hours for me, so
0: that i've been watching it since 2014
1: i mean it's unreal like the growth of that uh, event is it's insane man i mean it really is the the amount of people out there is just unreal and and like i said for me i think one of the coolest things is is um you know i'm pumping my head in uh, and then seeing some of my racers and their pit areas and they're all working on their cars and it's, it's just like you kind of were talking about some products fail and some products hold up. And, you know, I'll tell you, if you're there the week prior to the race, they're figuring out what works and what doesn't because they're running the cars throughout the entire week doing the testing. And it's, it's like you said, there's axles that blow up, there's radius rods that grenades or the Himes of the or whatever it is. And, and I think that's kind of the neat thing that I like about being at KOH is to kind of get down in the pits and see like, you know, what they're changing, what they're working on. Um, One of the teams that um, I I was hanging out with uh, one night, they had this really cool brand new sway bar design um, that was custom built. They're thinking about putting it in the market. I probably shouldn't go into it too deep, but uh, I got the chance to jump in the car and, uh, and, and see how it works. And it was, it's unreal, man. The simplicity of it and everything is like, if uh, if they'll put it to you this way if they if they decide to, to actually put it out to the consumer and put it up for sale we'll definitely get them on here because i'll, I'll talk about the full bowling experience but but yeah i think like i said man put it on your bucket list come out to koh you know go up and see the drivers we're all friendly you know i mean all, everybody out there is a big family like you we've spoke about before and um weather was pretty cold so make sure you bring some some uh some good jackets uh keep you warm but um yeah uh, koh man it's so did you actually get to sit down
0: or are you just too busy yapping
1: no man like during the week you know i'm so involved in so many different people's program that uh i'm jumping all over the place you know jumping in my own car my my xp 900 and uh once once it comes race day the neat thing is um if you know kind of the course layout, you know, you can jump in your own razor or whatever you got and go and actually uh, see different locations, you know, and see them come through, which is really cool because you're not just stuck in like the the bleachers. And that's a very cool thing about KOH as well as again, it's all about getting out there in these side-by-sides and, and having an experience so you can load up the gear and, and uh and go out to a remote section and see these guys come through and and it's just super cool man i i uh i try to get around as much as possible but um uh, it's you know it is what it is it's everything's going 100 miles an hour out there so. I,
0: I can tell you right now jason i watched the full eight hours on youtube in my shop when i was working so i can tell you i didn't really miss too much of it and i can tell you what i seen on live youtube um it was pretty cool to watch everybody struggle and that's what they they build that course for you to fail and it was easy the machines that did fail and the ones that came on top and i still can't believe the side-by-sides were running that big of rocks and the you know they had to get out there and and winch and you know their co-drivers are out there running and and i can't remember who was the female that i seen on there i can't remember she Sarah, was Sarah Price. Was, Sarah Price, that was right. She was on her side and her and her and her co-driver her co, her co-drivers try to figure out how to get her to lift up, but she's still in the machine and it is just cool. And she's kind of like running around like a chicken and she's trying to figure out which way to go. And and I think that was like one of the most epic moments. And then another point I can remember too was a really epic moment for me, too, was when I seen the text drawn with Robbie Gordon. He come through that, I think it was chocolate thunder. Just the time when he was struggling to get up that hill, but before that, watching that Textron that go through the the rocks that did it, it was pretty cool. It was like, oh man, I wished I could go and do that, right? No, and saying
1: that you're right, man. That car, the handling of that thing is
0: that they actually did this the way that they did it this year, and the, how they added the trophy trucks and how they added the trophy truck drivers and in the UTV. I the Koh I think to me is one of the most epic, um, coolest things, I think, to watch or to be part of. I think it's, it. as a consumer, as a watcher, I know I ordered gear off the off the internet because I can't wait to wear my KOH shirt in Canada. Um, and there were some fellow Canadians down there. They weren't racing UTVs, but they were racing in the Ultra 4s and everything else. Yep. But it'd be kind of cool to see a couple Canadians run that. You never know. Maybe next year, might I'll have to try it. <laughs> I have to try that maybe we side-by-side dirt we'll run it next year
1: why wasn't Why wasn't Al McBeth down there man I mean he'd be he'd be good right
0: I don't know he'd be up for the challenge at least you know, Al, I guess we're calling you out on the podcast again why are you not running that there's some <laughs> other guys I know uh, Richard uh, I think 920 I don't know why these guys were not Lamont you know I know Lamont's a desert guy I know everybody's a desert guy but um the, a lot of these guys, I don't know why they wouldn't run it. I think Lamont would have a blast running that down there. Um, you know, Al McBeff, Richard, like, they, there's a lot of cool guys that race side-by-sides from Canada, and uh, I would like to see them next year. Maybe I should try pushing them maybe next year to do something. We'll see. We got another year to go. Who knows? We You never know. Side-by-side dirt might be live inside the cockpit of the KOH. There you go, man. Let's do it. <laughs> you Side-by-side talking. <laughs> would it'd be a hundred percent live, so it would be a whole bunch of f bombs coming out of my mouth, for <laughs> sure. Um, but it'd probably be reversed. Jason would be driving, and I'd be his co-host.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's probably true. But I'll tell you this, man. The nine hundred is she's pretty smooth, man. After uh, after taking her out on a couple loops, uh, man, I got that. And the nine hundred is ridiculous. That car is impressive. That's still to this day like. That XP 900 man, she's a. You, you get her balanced out and sprung right, and get the right damping in those cars, and they are. That's a fun car, man.
0: Well, that's insane. am yep. But when the XP 1000 came out, there wasn't a lot. Only thing was different it was suspension and body wise, and length wise, but power wise wasn't that much noticeable. I found right. And you know, I would just like to say to everybody, like Jason says, if it, the Koh I feel is is a bucket list thing. For sure, I think that everybody has to experience it and see what these drivers go through. I know some of those drivers were in there like eight hours, nine hours. In oh, that, it's huge. Yeah, it's not real. Side by side, like it, they're comfortable and everything. They ride great, but not getting out and stretching and stuff. Like those drivers were in there. The co-drivers are out there stretching their legs and wrenching, but they had the hardest workout out of all of them. It was definitely the co-drivers and stuff, winching and stuff. It, it was just crazy to see those side-by-sides struggling to get up there and what they had to winch points. And and it was, it's a cool experience to see that. And um, I give all the racers out there, um, they definitely kicked it up a notch this year. Um, They definitely kicked up the race course a lot this year. It was cool to see a lot of the, a little bit of desert, a little bit of everything that I think that we all can relate to in our life of riding. And I think that KOH this year was probably my favorite KOH, and it's probably one of my favorite um, racing programs there is. Um, I know I'm a huge fan of it. I do like desert and everything else to go with it and short course, but I'm a huge fan of – I'm a big fan of the KOH for sure. And that's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast because you were literally experiencing the dust, the rain, the – the drivers the cars everything the utvs just everything you were experienced was it was it's unbelievable
1: right that's it man and and for those of you that didn't get to check it out it's pretty awesome that they live stream it so you can if you haven't seen it and this is the first time you're hearing about it get over to youtube and and look up uh you know the 2019 king of hammers uh side-by-side race and you can go back there and watch all that action so that's that's pretty cool to
0: actually do that you know I think it was it was an epic year, I think, for the side by side industry, um, and I think it was an epic year for for the King of the Hammers to do what they did on everything that they did on the platform. Um, it's a great event. Um, it's very family orientated, and I think they did an awesome, awesome, awesome job for sure. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite moments, I think, on watching the KOH was watching the drivers come in. And on the podium, and you hear hear those guys—they were just so tuckered out. <laughs> oh man, they're beat. They probably never been in a side by side ever in that long, right? <laughs> but they're so beat, yeah. Right? It's, it's it's unbelievable to watch those guys and and their testimonies to what they did. So everybody, Koh definitely hit the hammer hit the nail on the hammer of the head. I don't know how to say that. I was trying to think of something. Cool, <laughs> You've got a tongue twister going on you.
1: Yeah, but tongue... KOH, KOH 2019 was, was epic,
0: man. Absolutely. Well, everybody, Jason, it's always good to have you on the podcast. I know that we've been slacking on the podcast, but we've both been busy and uh, with the KOH coming out, Jason's literally been out there for well over a week, bouncing back and forth, so it was hard to get him on the line and stuff, but um, maybe we can get some future. Uh, maybe we can get a couple episodes in here with actually the racers from the KOH and let us know what the real experience was getting behind the wheel and talk to their co-drivers also. And, and kind of have like a mojito of that kind of stuff and, and figure what it's really like to be a racer in the KOH. Let's do it, man.
1: Let's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, we can do multiple call outs. I know you always do that. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to see uh, Dustin from um, uh, S3 Power Sports it is, right?
0: Yeah, I would like to have Mr. Jones on here. He'd be a funny guy for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's see. I'm, that's going to be my call out. What, what about you?
0: I would say, yeah, I would have to go with, uh, I know you got Justin. Dustin Jones. That's another person I was thinking about. I was thinking about the guys from uh, ZRP. Uh, Tyler. There you go. Tyler. Tyler's. I can't remember his last name now. But the guys from ZRP. Perfect. You know what I'm
1: talking about? I, I have seen them out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everybody, if you want to send your hate mail to Jason about knocking the players, you can send it. <laughs> Jason at Side by Side Dirt at gmail.com
1: <laughs> Thanks man <I> appreciate that
0: <laughs> and uh, all your fellow users that just love me um, you can send it to Side by Side Dirt at side by Side Dirt at gmail.com or you can just leave a comment on the podcast I imagine we're going to get some haters and some dislikers but hey we're telling you how we feel and we're not lying to you so We don't mind if you comment or do bad comments or whatever. Um, As long as they're not ignorant and rude, they won't be deleted. Um, But tell us if we're wrong or tell us if we're right. And if you're a Turbo S fan out there and you've got one and you feel the same way, let us know. Drop a line, do whatever it takes. And if you feel like you can argue with us, go right ahead. We're just two guys in the industry that, I guess are just side-by-side enthusiasts, and we're trying our best to do what we can not to lie to the public. So everybody, this is Sheldon from Side-by-Side Dirt, and this is Jason from Side-by-Side Dirt slash co-host guy, Dirty. Uh, back in He's live from California, and I'm live from Canada. We're literally 2,500 miles away, and uh, he's sunny wearing shorts, and I'm wearing my parka. So everybody, it takes a lot for us to put these podcasts together, especially being the distance that I'm from everybody. But everybody, thanks for supporting Side by Side Dirt and hashtag Side by Side Dirt. And let us get our logo on the side of your Side by Side. Let everybody know about Side by Side Dirt. Jason, is there anything you'd like to add before we shut down the program today?
1: No, man, that's it. Make sure that you guys share this, uh, this podcast. If you've got a friend out there that's, you know, uh, interested in this kind of stuff, this kind of content, be sure to share it on all your social media pages as well. And, uh, and like Sheldon said, drop us a line, you know, let us know if you, uh, if you disagree or you agree, you know, and we, that's right. We appreciate you guys.
0: That's right. And let us know if you want to come on the podcast, we're always open To bringing on everybody. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be anybody. You can just be an average trail guy or whatever. We want to hear your experience. What makes you a side-by-side enthusiast. But Jason, I do have some exciting news before we go. Uh Uh-oh. Next week. What you you got? Side-by-side dirt. It's not official, but it's coming close to being official. We do have one of the godfathers of the side-by-side industry coming on. So, everybody, stay tuned for next week's episode of Side by Side Dirt. This is Sheldon signing off. And Jason Hess signing out. Everybody, have a good one. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks again, Jason. Bye.